Time keeps on leaving and we keep on moving. When do we pass on our wisdom to the youth? My veteran story lost our discussions. Fireside chats with the bourbon or two. It's time to hear the story by military veterans. Get yourself ready. It's the Lost Arts Podcast. The Lost Arts with Andrew Cox. Hello, hello my friends and welcome back to the podcast that's given a voice to our veterans. The Lost Art with Andrew Cox. I am your host and I am excited for this week's podcast. And one of the subjects that we're going to talk about during this fireside chat, manly men. Yeah, that's right, manly men. I'm excited to get into this topic and kind of see where we go with it and what we explore and what we talk about. But first, I want to say thank you. Thank you to all the listeners out there. Thanks for taking the time to download the podcast, sit there and listen to me run my my lips here and to listen to these veteran stories as we move forward. I'm always out there looking for another veteran that wants to volunteer, volunteer their time to Get on this podcast, tell your story, get it down and saved somewhere for future generations and for lessons learned for people as they are moving throughout their careers in the military. We'd be more than happy to have any, as many veterans as we possibly can. Uh, go ahead and send those emails to let me know if you're interested to the lost art with Andrew Cox at gmail.com. That's the lost art with Andrew Cox at gmail.com. All of that is spelled out. Or you can hit me up on Facebook. And speaking of Facebook, we're over 2,000, over 2,000 friends or 2,000 followers on Facebook now, which is amazing. I never thought we'd meet that mark, but here we are. We have done that. Um, my wife and I are actually in the process of trying to put something together where we can get funding to be able to go around the country and do more of these interviews with uh, veterans out there and really try to get their stories saved somewhere for future generations. So be on the lookout for that as we're going forward. But I'm very excited uh, about the, what we got coming up. This week we got Eddie Utuck, Lieutenant Colonel retired. He's going to be on uh, for my veteran story this week. It may be a little bit later in the week, so it might not be the Tuesday Thursday time frame. It may be more like Thursday Friday time frame for those to drop, but we're looking at doing that this week. Okay, before we get into manly men, I figure it's probably time that we tell a couple of sea stories here. All right, so there I was. I was a sergeant, motivated sergeant, just getting to Camp Pendleton, 1st Marine Division Band, and I was coming from the intermediate course or the unit leader course for music in Virginia Beach. Got orders out there, and while I was at Virginia Beach going to my school, which was seven months long, the 1st Marine Division Band had deployed with the 1st Marine Division into Iraq. So that was the initial invasion into Iraq, and I got to see or hear, right, on television and the news, just like everybody else, all of what was going on. 
Then I got my orders to 1st Marine Division Band, and I was nervous. Oh my God, was I nervous. So I, I kept thinking to myself, I'm going to show up there. I am the one lonely person on the outside that hasn't deployed. Everybody else is going to be war heroes. I'm, I'm just going to be that, that nobody. Nobody's going to want to listen to me. Uh, and it's going to be a, an incredibly challenging time. So when I show up to the band, it was kind of opposite of that, to be honest with you. I was, you know, welcomed with open arms from my fellow Marines. And they really took me in and worked with me on the things that I didn't know when it came to the infantry side of the house and things like that. Because uh, as a band, we deploy as a heavy weapons platoon. We do security. So... I, I really didn't understand all that world that much. So they took me under their wings. They really built me up. And I just did what, what I do, right? I'm, I'm an excited individual. I, you know, I want to get in. I want to learn things. I want to just push forward. You know, I'm very excited about the Marines around me and taking care of people and doing those types of things. So I just did that. And through that and my uh, enthusiasm, my drive, they recognized that... Uh, I would be good enough to be on the front wave, the very first wave that went over toward, uh, to Iraq for this next deployment. So at that point, I deployed with my squad and we go over to Iraq and we end up in Kuwait starting out. And while we were in Kuwait, we were actually standing post um, at this compound and there are four large towers at each corner of this square uh, is probably a mile by a mile square um, but we're in Kuwait we're not in Iraq and we had the night shift so we're going out there at night or whatever and I remember being in one of the towers and looking out and a Humvee driving up and we call it in, hey, there's a Humvee driving up, whatever. And they were like, okay, just keep an eye on it. And we're like, okay. Well, as a Humvee drives up, the 50 cal that was on it traverses toward us. And we're like, oh my God, we're going to get shot with a 50 cal. This is crazy. We're not even, like, we haven't actually gone into Iraq yet. This is, this is insane. So we call it in. And they're like, oh yeah, it's probably just uh, the local, uh, local army uh, for... Um, for the the country here don't worry about it it's not iraqis it, it's fine uh luckily come to find out yeah they were right it, it it was it wasn't a big deal and we survived that night no problem um but we were there for a couple of weeks i would say and then everybody else started trickling in and showing up at this point we're getting ready to go convoy the entire division was convoying from kuwait all the way up to the city of ramadi so that's where uh, the 1st Marine Division was going to be. And they called that the Wild West at the time. But as we're prepping, getting ready, we're doing the getting ready for this convoy, they decide that they needed a quick reaction force. Well, my I had a, a team, and my team was going to be this quick reaction force. So we had a high-back Humvee. And in this Humvee, the quick reaction force, the members were in the back facing outboard of the back of this uh, high high back Humvee and we're all facing outboard and it was freezing cold. 
I couldn't believe how cold it was in the desert and I was just shivering. I, I, I just remember thinking if I have to pull my trigger, I, I don't know if I'll be able to actually squeeze it in and, and make it go go bang basically. So we were getting ready to do this mock run of this convoy and we were supposed to show the quick reaction force and what we could do. So as we're going, they say, oh, we got hit on the side or whatever. Okay, quick reaction force, go. So the Humvee turns sharp and it's going bam, bam. And it's like going off-roading and through the desert and we're getting bounced all over the place. And then they stop and they're like, get out, get out, get out. And at this point, we're so frozen that it was like kind of like a clown car as we were coming out and we were just like spilling out of the back falling and rolling and just it was absolutely horrible like there's no way that that if you were looking at us it's like the three stooges getting out of the back of this thing so we get out and they're like get online get online you got to do a fire team rush and we're all like oh my god it's so cold and they so we're late you know we get down we start doing fire team rushes and going through the motions of that whole thing and then it, it was probably 10 15 minutes long and then they're like okay that's good call it quits get back in so we jumped back in and whatever and they were like okay everybody passes we're gonna uh, convoy out tomorrow and i remember thinking to myself i was like oh my god th this is what they're expecting from us and i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do this it is so dang so daggum cold out here i don't know if i'll be able to manage so next day rolls around and uh, the driver and the uh, uh, a driver in the front of the Humvee, uh, of course, they got the windows up. They got the, the little bit of heat, right? There's a small heater in there. So they, they got some heat going and we take off and man, it was incredibly cold. We're probably only going yeah, about 30, 35 miles an hour. That's That's pretty about as fast as we are going, maybe 45 at tops. And we're driving right we're we're heading and we were not allowed to put the sides down on the high back humvee because we were the quick reaction we had to like face outboard and make sure that we were ready to go if something went went down and it was just brutal absolutely brutal and i my hands completely frozen shivering like crazy thinking to myself Oh, please, God, don't let anything happen, because if it does, I don't know if I'll be able to even stand up at this point. So we continued on, went through. Luckily, we had no issues, nothing like that. We ended up staying overnight in one position, um, and that was probably the best night's sleep I've ever gotten in my life. So I remember getting in my uh, sleeping bag, and it was so warm, and uh, falling asleep, and it was like like i blinked and it's the next morning it's time to get up and go again uh but then we continued on went all the way up to ramadi and got into our camp and once we were in our camp we were very surprised at there was actually shower facilities and we were like oh my god this is going to be awesome because we're thinking like we ain't going to have anything right uh but there was a shower facility and not only was there a shower facility it had running hot water. Oh man, it was like the, the greatest thing ever. We were so excited. We we're like, yes. So I remember I'd jump in the shower and I was like, oh, it's great. And I'm letting it run all over me and I'm like gurgling in the water. You know, I'm, I'm all excited. Um, so fast forward like a week, week and a half. We get 
get a call and they're like, hey, the uh, Ropu system is down. You know, the system that cleans the water and filtrates it and makes it clean again. Uh, they said the system is down and it's been down for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and uh, so don't take a shower. Don't do anything. Don't use, brush your teeth with the water, anything like that, because it's the water's contaminated. You know, we can't do that. And I just remember sitting there thinking, oh, my God. I can't believe this is happening right now. Here I was gurgling the water as it's coming out, this nice warm water, and it was straight poo water. And I say it was straight poo water because we had uh, porta, porta shitters, and they would come by with the, the trucks, clean the porta shitters. Well, they'd go upriver and dump the stuff into the river, which would flow down to where the ropu was pulling in everything. So why in the world we set up like that was beyond me, but that's how it was. We took over from the army, and that's that's how they were doing it, and and we just continued on, I guess. Uh, I think later they did just like finally put two and two together and decide, hey, this is probably a bad idea. Uh, luckily, I didn't get sick from it, anything like that, but you you got to think about it. It could have went sideways incredibly, incredibly fast. But I have plenty of other stories to tell. Um, so. <laughs> I'll, I'll be able to tell those in future podcasts as we move forward. I hope you're enjoying that, that what I got going on there right now. Um, but we're going to jump into manly man. Okay, what does it mean to be a manly man? So I think the word man as, as or men as we have evolved over time has changed. And I think now when people think of men, there's a negative aspect to that, right? Uh, we had the uh, uh, different movements that came through where, hey, it's bad to be, you know, that manly man, that, that figure or whatever, you know, it's, oh, it's bad. And they're, they're out to get women and, and stuff like that. Well, I don't think that a manly man is that. I, I think if you are truly a manly man, then you love women, you not not love them in a sense of, you know, you're in love, but love them in a sense of you understand that women are there for a reason and you appreciate and you value the women that are in your lives and the women that are around. So I think it's very important that we understand that as a manly man, you have to value the opposite sex along with this and being a manly man is you know a lot of people think oh that's just going out and you know guys just hanging out and guys just doing stupid stuff and and things like that well i'll, I'll tell you to a certain extent yeah that's true men need to get out and men need to actually uh do things together all right have camaraderie we have to be able to get that that aggressive typically aggressive nature that that men have they have to be able to get that out that doesn't mean go out and get drunk and go out and and hit people and start fights and and things like that no that's not what i'm talking about because that's that in itself is not manly that's just being a child and we don't necessarily need that but we need people of good moral character to be able to go out and show what a man really really is supposed to be when I think back, I think back to my dad. And to me, he was the, the manly man. Like he was the the epitome of what I saw as being a man. 
And with that, he he was never all that like super loving and, and stuff like that. Now he would hold us and he would, you know, he would talk to us and show us that he loved us and things like that. Uh, but there was always that side of him that was, I'm in charge, like I'm the man of the household. And what I say goes. And he he is fantastic when it came to that. And and not so much that that it was overboard, anything like that, but we all knew that, hey, dad was the man of the house. And he was a manly man. You look at just the way he carried himself, the way he walked, the way that he he did things around the house, the, the way he worked, his work ethic, um, all of those types of things, that's what I saw as a manly man growing up. And, and it's 100% true because that truly is um, manly men. And that is what I'm talking about whenever I say that. Like I remember my dad, he would always open the door for my for my mom and he would always if I if I was there he would make sure that I opened the door for my mom I remember one time going into the grocery store I opened the door walked in and was talking my mom was behind me turned the corner went around and I'm like where did mom go so I turned around and went back and she was standing outside you know waiting waiting for me to be a man and open the door for her and I was like oh my gosh and so I opened the door she came in she kind of got on me a little bit um, but dad was always there to remind us that, Hey, you know, you're, you're going to be the man of the house someday, which means you got to take care of, and you got to show respect and you got to, you got to be the man that is going to uphold honorably your wife and your children and things like that. So there was always that lessons that he would teach us along the way, which was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I'm so happy that that I got that mentorship from my dad as I was growing up. But as we look into what America and and the world sees as a man nowadays, I think it's changed dramatically. And I, I hope that we can get back to the more traditional value of what a man is. Um, I, I'll tell you, going out and, and just getting women pregnant and, and moving on and not taking care of the kids and all that, that's not being a man. Like, you know, people will say, oh, have we went out and you had sex and you did this and did that. You're a man. Uh, well, no, you're not. You're just a child and you're pretending like you're a man, but you're not really. And uh, you got to take a step back and say, you know what? If I'm going to do something like that, if I'm going to have sex with somebody, I'm going to get them pregnant. Well, I'm going to be a man and take care of that. I'm going to take care of the, the woman. I'm going to take care of the child. And I, that's being a manly man right there. Even if it's it's difficult, if it's, it's tiring for you, it doesn't matter. That's what being a man is all about. So I, I start, started to talk about this. Uh, I read a book recently. It's I think it's Mansfield's Book of Manly Men. Is, if I'm not mistaken, that's the name of it. But Mansfield's, books, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men. And... He walks through what his idea of a manly man is. He puts it to biblical scripture. He goes through and just breaks it down 100%. And it is absolutely an incredible, an incredible book. So I encourage you to go out, purchase the book, read the book. It's fantastic. It is not a sexist type of book. It's not talking about how men are you know, better than women, anything like that. And it's 
in fact, just the opposite of that is it's it's saying that how men and women complement each other and stuff like that. But it, it's a fantastic book, and it really brings home what it should be to be a man in today's society and and just in society in general, whether it's earlier in uh, the centuries or moving now to up to now. Um, but what is being a man and and he goes back and looks at biblical characters and things like that. He goes back and looks at uh, menly men who uh, were warriors and went out and did stuff, uh, incredible things through uh, throughout history. And he goes back and he shows how those characteristics of being a manly man uh, really were and how important it was. So... I encourage you, go ahead and buy that book. The next couple of fireside chats, we're going to dive into that just a little bit. And we're going to have some discussions. I might have a special guest on or something like that during a couple of these discussions. We'll see how it pans out in the near future. But I'm excited to dive into this and excited to talk about it. I think it's a very, very, very important subject that young men need to, and even some older men, but Young men need to learn what it means to be a man and how to carry yourself. All right, with that, I know this one's short and sweet and to the point. Got some sea stories out of it. And we also got to dive into the beginnings of being a manly man. So with that, I've got nothing else for you today. I'm excited to see you back so we can discuss moving forward manly men. And stay motivated and change your socks.